Oh, there we go. All right. So anyway, th thanks, John, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. You taking the time. I know you're busy. Are you at home? You get some time off, a little bit of time off? Well, I, I'm home, but I wouldn't say I get any time off. Uh, I start here at 8 o'clock in the morning, and sometimes it goes till 9 or 10 o'clock at night. There's, yeah. I, I don't leave the house except to you know, get, do some grocery shopping or uh, try to get a walk-in when I can uh, yeah. or check How things out around the, around the district. But I'm mainly home. And, uh, and, uh, it's just, it's, I wouldn't say it was relaxing. How's your family? Well, I'm very fortunate. The family's, uh, doing well. My youngest daughter, uh, just returned from college in Boston and yep. she's quarantining in the, in another part of the house. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to have her <clears throat> under the, under the same roof. Yeah. And, uh, my older daughter actually is a consultant in emergency management. So she's actually pretty busy, right? Yeah. I imagine so. Well, that's good. Glad to hear your family's okay. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's start off, Ralph. You talk about, we start off, touched up brief, briefly there about disasters. Which which disasters have you been through in this town? Well, well this is you know, the, oh, in town. Let's say oh, in town. Or, or, or <clears throat> yeah, just, yeah, the, the earthquake. I was here for the earthquake. Well, uh, I was here for the earthquake, uh, for sure. In fact, uh, right above downtown, um, my office was used by the Santa Cruz Community Credit Union. Uh, when they couldn't get into their office. And so what I was doing, community organizing work and work with a bunch of different organizations to put out uh, information uh, about how people could access resources, uh, having put together something called a People's Yellow Pages uh, when I was in college. Uh, and then as supervisor, there's been a number of fires in the district. Uh, we had the tsunami warning back in 2011. Uh, so <clears throat> that gives you a good experience uh, my political start, though, started with a disaster, really. Uh, yeah, I was 14 years old growing up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, when um, Three Mile Island happened. I, I lived about 17 miles north of Three Mile Island. And, How old uh, were you then? I was 14 years old. Right. And uh, they came into our classroom, which was right on the Susquehanna River, so just upstream from uh, the, the power plant. And they came in and they started closing our windows. Uh, and we said, you know, it was a warm day. It was, uh, it was the end of March. It was a warm March day in Pennsylvania. And uh, we said, why are you closing the windows? And they said, well, it's been an accident down at the power plant. And we want to stop the radiation from coming inside the, the uh, classroom. And I was never going to be, I'm never going to be a nuclear physicist, but I knew that was not going to be the case. <laughs> that was a problem. So, you know, we evacuated out of uh, Harrisburg. But when we came back, that's when I started getting involved in the anti-nuclear movement um, and grassroots organizing. And that's, right. you know, that's, uh, I've right. kept on doing that ever since then. Well, what I've done here, John, I've got, pe I've got people uh, that I know who have written to me with questions. And I've, some of them I got rid of, you know, that they weren't kosher, as it were. But just some questions from people that I thought that would have an opportunity to ask you. And as I said sure. to you before, a few days and I got a phone call a few days ago, this is, you know, my no drama, no stress, and just relax at home, and here you go. So, uh, so uh, somebody wrote in, who's in charge, the governor or local officials such as yourself? What is the chain of command? Because I think people are like, they hear different things from different people. They're not sure who was like, who's driving the bus? Well, the, it's, it's an interesting mix of uh, responsibilities. When we declare a health emergency, our local health officer is actually imbued with a lot of power. She's the one who actually writes the shelter in place. Um, 
if the if the state health officer and the governor come out with a, a health order, that supersedes a local community. So as you know, as you may know, we put a shelter in place order in um, March 16th, I think. Uh, and that was about three days before the state put their order in place. Our shelter in place order had an end date of at that time, April 7th, I think. And uh, the governor put his in with no end date. So we've been updating our shelter in place, but we can do something uh, greater or more restrictive than the state, but we can't do anything less restrictive. Okay, so you can you can add to it, but you can't you can't take something away. Correct. So because Dr. Newell, she said she all of a sudden she was a lady that no one's ever heard of before, and she's she's put to the forefront. It doesn't seem like <clears> I never heard I never heard about this that lady before, and obviously you deal with her on a daily basis. But she came out of, came out of left field, and all of a sudden she's making on TV making decisions about. About, uh, and, and we we didn't have any experience from her. Yeah, no, I mean, the, uh, I can understand the concern people have at the non-elected position. But, you know, when we've had um, crises and epidemics, like, you know, one of the things I guess we didn't talk about was I got involved here in the mid-80s um, in the HIV AIDS epidemic. And it was, in some ways, it was similar to what we were experiencing now, which was there was a virus. We didn't know how it was transmitted. We didn't. Um, we didn't have any tools to um, to uh, therapeutic tools, and we didn't have any vaccine. And People we also had a federal government who didn't want to talk about it. I mean, seven years didn't talk about it. So it was really a local and state response. And at that time, we had some incredible public health officials, uh, Dr. George Wolf, and then followed by Dr. Ira Lubell. Um, who really helped craft uh, a great set of policies that supported people living with HIV and AIDS. And yeah. uh, it, 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 there was a great community uh, support uh, to make that happen. And so this is what we're doing. And this is uh, sort of follows in that same tradition. And there's fear. <clears throat> people, people are uh, people were fearful of, of AIDS and they're fearful of this. Of this. I mean, you pick up the paper and one person says one thing, another person says another. And you don't you just you don't have a. I guess we're just kind of, this is something that's brand new. Well, I mean, if, if, if you and I would have sat together here a year ago yeah. and said, we're going to do something where we're going to shut down the town, we're going to stop business, and we're going to tell people to stay in their house. And if you said that six weeks later, people would be calling for more restrictions, yeah, I would have said, you're crazy. You know, and I've never, crazy, I, crazy I, and, and a year ago, if you said to me, Neil, you're going to, a year from now, you're going to walk in a bank wearing a mask and sunglasses. And a hood, <laughs> like yeah. So, so we're kind of, you're you're. That's yeah. why you're never really completely prepared for disaster, right? Uh, although, if you look at anybody who's done um, uh, emergency management planning or anything, the spread of a flu-like virus has always been near the top of the list of of possible disasters. And you know, there there someone else with uh, with uh, more research capability could detail all the different ways that governments have tried to get ready for this. Um, yep. I think that our county response has been good because we acted quickly, which is what you have to do when you're trying to uh, contain the spread of a virus. Let's talk about, you ready for this? Of course, the beaches. Yep. So and we, like, there's a lot of, lot of uh, concern about the beaches. Uh, I, 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 I went surfing this morning with a friend of mine. We're driving down the road going, okay, this is it for a while. We're not surfing for a while. This could be it. We don't know how long. And like, and then I, we're out in the water. I'm, I'm surfing, and then 
someone said, no, 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 no. You can walk across the beach to get to the water. You can go surfing. So what's the situation with are the beaches closed? Are they open? Can you surf? Can you not surf? Can you? I know that there's Gavin Newsom closing the beaches. Is he not closing the beaches? I think, you know, the, I think, you yeah, know, no, it, you go. it's, it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the idea of closing the beach completely uh, was seemed impossible. And when we saw that people started coming here in larger numbers before Easter, we, we, the, the, the health officer, the sheriff, people talked and we decided it was important to close the beaches and the parks for a week. And that, you know, in our, in our culture, in our community, closing the beaches is a big deal. And, uh, and I would say to the great credit of the community is people respected that. They understood that it was a short-term uh, uh, issue to deal with a problem that everybody agreed was real. And we got a, a lot of compliance with it. And then we got a lot of relief when we ended the order. We also got some concerns about opening the beaches again. Uh, I was actually accused of murder by one constituent for uh, for allowing the beaches and, and what that would bring. And so uh, last weekend was the first warm weekend in six weeks of people sheltering in place. And throughout the California coastline, I don't think there was a beach that wasn't heavily impacted, uh, except a couple beaches that were closed. And we saw it here in Santa Cruz. It was it was it was as bad as any summer weekend we we see here in San, in Santa Cruz. Right. And so we took a look at that. The board met with our health officer, the sheriff, and others, and we thought that a a measured response was to close the beaches for a portion of the day, eleven a.m. to five p.m. Still allow people to surf twenty four hours a day. Um, and, uh, and then when the beaches were open to not allow people to sit, lie, um, but Makes some sense. active recreation, you can walk, right. jog, uh, et cetera, because we're trying to, we're, this virus, the way it acts is when people are moving, it's hard to, it's hard to latch on when people are still, it's easier to latch on and we can try to keep our social distance, but if we're going to have people out in large numbers, they should keep yeah. moving. So yep. we thought that that was a great, we thought that was a measured response and it was something that we could uh, create greater restrictions, but we thought it would send a message to people coming from outside the community, don't come here. Right. And then last night, the state police uh, chiefs association sent out something to their members that they had heard that the governor was going to close every beach in California. And uh, that was... Uh, we were all surprised, and then we held our shelter-in-place order until uh, today when the governor did his daily uh, press conference. He said he was closing the beaches in Orange County, but the rest of the state was going to be okay. So we put out our shelter-in-place order with what we proposed, which is 11 to 5 closure. Uh, we think that allows the local community to get out there in the morning and get there out there in the evening. Um, and we also stepped up enforcement of our vacation rentals, hotels, uh, uh, bed and breakfast. And so there are there are tough new regulations and requirements for uh, to, to prevent area visitors staying overnight here unless they're here for an essential service or taking care of someone who's sick. Um, and we're going to be doing uh, we have a communications effort that's going to reach people outside the county telling them not to come. Do we have the enforcement? Do we have enough enforcement to uh, 
contain contain every single beach? Do we have the Do we have the manpower here in Santa Cruz? Well, you know, in the unincorporated area, we had eleven sheriff deputies out last weekend, and you know, we there in terms of county beaches, there are only a handful of beaches that are really big issues. The North Coast beaches, which are in and in any year are a problem because they're hidden and you to get down there and things happen down there. That's that's always a problem. Um, th then we have the Pleasure Point or the East Side beach beaches, uh, which aren't a lot of them aren't large beaches, uh, but they attract a lot of people. And then we have some pocket beaches down in uh, in uh, in Aptos. Yeah, right. The 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 state has some responsibility for New Brighton and Twin Lakes, and then the city has, you know, uh, Seabright and uh, everything on the west side. So I think that we have enough, um, right. and, and we just need a greater presence for, uh, for, for people to be able to see this. Uh, so to, uh, we're going to have a station set up at Pleasure Point uh, this time, this weekend. We've doubled the number of uh, enforcement officers for our parking program. Um, and we're thinking about some new things that we might be able to do with the parking if we get approval from the Coastal Commission. Are they going to close off the parking both both at Pleasure Point and on the west side at Steamer Lane? Both both going to be closed? Um, the, the parks director tells me that we're going to close the Hook parking lot and Moran yeah. parking lot completely. Okay. And how about do you remember the do you remember the Pleasure Point Night Fighters? Yeah, sure, sure. I know some of them. Like, like, you know, right? Would 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 you welcome, or would the city welcome back the Pleasure Point Night Fighters to kind of uh, oversee what goes on locally at Pleasure Point? And well, yeah, I or is, that, is that is that too vigilante? Well, I talked with the sheriff about you know because I've had some meetings with surfing organizations, yeah, and the idea of surf ambassadors, people who could who could help um, um, moderate the number of people going down in the water, so we don't have too many people in the water. Um, to go by the stairs to get a better behavior there. And I proposed it to the sheriff after talking to some surfers. Um, he was a little concerned about, uh, you know, surfers can be territorial. And that if in, in that kind of situation, even a well-trained uh, and de-escalation uh, uh, practices, there could be the possibility of fights or violence. Right. You know, and right. so then you're taking a volatile situation or places where you got a lot of people and then you're putting a fight in the middle of it. So we, we haven't gone there yet. Um, that, that There may be a time where that really makes sense, but we're not there yet. Uh, one of Santa Cruz's most vocal surfers, Mr. Kenny Skindon Collins, uh, is asking why the hotels like the Dream Inn are open for tourists, yet and I added, yet restaurants next to the hotels remain closed. Yeah, well, there's no reason. My friend that owns Star Bannet restaurant, she was she was complaining that the hotel next door was full, but her restaurant couldn't be open. Yeah, no, it was, uh, and I talked to I I talked to her um, via Facebook, and uh, I share the frustration. What we saw last weekend was hotels were filled. Um, you know, isn't, uh, isn't the hotel? My like wife, my wife called the the Best Western, and they said, "Well, we're not supposed to, but I don't think anybody's checking." So, in our new shelter in place order. To have someone check into your hotel, they, the only people you can you can rent a room to are people who are traveling healthcare professionals or public safety professionals or someone who is here to take care of a sick relative. Okay. They have to have written proof that they're that that's the case, 
and it has to be kept in an area where the a, an officer can come in and check the book. So, uh, and if they're found to be renting to someone who doesn't have a legal right to be there, both the facility and the person renting the room can be cited. So, I think you're going to see you're going to see a lot of stepped up enforcement. I don't think we're going to see that same kind of problem this weekend. And the sheriff uh, deputies have have called most of the vacation rentals in the beach area, especially, to tell them that you're not allowed to uh, rent except under the conditions that I just mentioned. Yep. Uh, and if you do, you, you you risk the same thing plus revocation of their permit. Okay. Um, and Thanks. if you re if we revoke your permit, it's it's a, it's gone for two years at least. Okay. Thank you. Uh, with uh, with our curve flattening, is there a tiered program as to what businesses will be open in the county, and will there be some some relaxing of the shelter in place? Do you see in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, the new shelter in place order does have some relaxed restrictions around. Uh, medical services, elective surgery, well baby checks, uh, well women checks, colonoscopies, some dental services, uh, construction services, if they can maintain safe social distances, uh, garden and landscaping uh, services, as well as retail operations, but they can maintain so safe social Just down the street from my house, they're building a, they're building a condominium complex, and the, my gardener came by here today. Yeah, well, so we're, we're going to allow that now. Okay. Um, and uh, and then we're going to allow golf, you know. Right, uh, I know that. Yeah, my so, friends are happy. Uh, you know, the governor has set out uh, four phases of opening um, and six key indicators. And so, you know, the six key indicators re require that we have more uh, expanded testing um, and contact tracing. And so last week we announced a partnership with the Community Foundation and the UC Santa Cruz to greatly expand our testing capability. And that, and within the next couple of weeks, you'll probably see a lot more availability of tests. And then we also, um, are, we hired um, a woman who worked for uh, uh, Kaiser Permanente and uh, has been working with Netflix on a bunch of leadership training pieces. So we, we started working with her when Watsonville Hospital was up for sale and there was some talk about a local uh, consortium buying it. Uh, her name is Margaret Lapise. She's heading a new division within our health services agency around recovery, and she's leading these efforts. Um, so we, because if we can get these pieces in place, testing, tracing, and ensuring that our hospitals have a, enough capacity if there's a surge, make sure that we can maintain social distancing and we have policies in place. These are all things that we can continue to relax restrictions. Um, in appropriately, uh, but it's it's gonna there's gonna be we're trying to get to a place where we can coexist with COVID because it's gonna be 18 to 24 months before either a vaccine or a therapeutic medicine is available widely, and so we have to figure out how to coexist with COVID instead of right. doing right now, which is just sheltering from it. Yeah, as in regards to surges, do you, do we, um. Are we ready for an outbreak at the county jail or senior assisted living uh, homes or the homeless? I mean, it just seems to me that it's a miracle that the homeless is not spread amongst the amongst the the homeless community here. Yeah. Does, so, does so those are those are three key populations that we're taking a look at. Let me take a look at each one. Sure. Um, our sheriff has been a great leader in uh, in response to this epidemic. He saw the problem right away. He didn't. He didn't uh, 
uh, fault any steps. He, he worked very hard to get things in place. So he's reduced the population in the jail. So there's room to quarantine uh, anybody who comes in or anyone who shows symptoms or, um, you know, uh, uh, has it gets a positive test. Anybody who's anybody who's arrested and brought to the jail is tested is is uh, their temperature is taken and they're asked to answer a number of questions. And then they're quarantined 14 days before they enter the general population in climate controlled rooms. So it's their air isn't circulating someplace else. And so around the country, you have seen lots of uh, COVID um, virus spreads uh, through jail population. We don't have one case here so far. Does that, have we let a lot of the jail member, a lot of the jail um, community out of jail? Well, um, uh, the state judicial council put in a zero bail amount uh, for most offenses, and so uh, you know, given that seventy percent of the people who are in jail at any given time are there for misdemeanors. Most of them qualify for that zero bail amount set by the judicial council. So, so that helped uh, empty uh, parts of the jail, and it also helps if someone's brought in for these misdemeanors yeah. that uh, that they're not kept in the jail. Violent offenders or people who have committed felonies are kept at the jail. So, um, right now, I think it's at about. 60, 58, 60 percent of capacity, which uh, is yeah. probably the lowest it's been. OK, uh, I went, and, and I went just, just to just to get the skilled nursing facilities uh, are are we we block visitors in skilled nursing facilities um, very early on. And we think that that really helped. We don't have one case in the skilled nursing facility. Again, another place where you've seen across the country uh, having problems. Yeah. We've had staff going to check to make sure every facility has good procedures. Uh, we're doing training for the staff. Um, they are checking the temperature and checking their staff every day when they come in. And we've been fortunate so far. And around the homeless, we're really trying to uh, stand up new shelters to be able to to provide places where people can isolate themselves or be apart from each other. So we've opened uh, new shelter facilities at Santa Cruz Vets Hall, the Watsonville Vets Hall, uh, the Simpkins Swim Center. Um, we are looking at an additional site in Soquel, an additional site in Watsonville. We have pop-up um, uh, sort of health checks, um, both in Santa Cruz and Watsonville, uh, at different places, both at the shelters and in other places where people congregate. So we're trying to do everything we can to prevent the spread there. But there was talk of them being allowed to go into hotel room, motel rooms. Is that still the case? Or yeah, that's that, no, thank you for reminding me about that. Yeah. So the the governor has provided funds uh, to for hotel rooms. We have twenty eight hotel rooms right now, where uh, homeless uh, people experiencing homeless who are older or vulnerable have underlying conditions. Um, we are placing people in. We are trying to get more hotels. We are trying to work with hotels to get more rooms. And we'll be placing more people in there as they become available. Okay. What What is our county's testing strategy for COVID nineteen? Um, well, we we want to expand testing. You know, this is a problem, um, and uh, most of the country is having enough uh, uh, tests. Uh, in Santa Cruz, we've given around thirty four hundred tests. We really need to expand that by, by fivefold uh, to to start uh, being able to reach into the community and really know what's going on. Yeah. We we. We have 100. Uh, I think this morning there was uh, over 130 people who've, 
who've tested positive uh, for COVID. Um, and then there's, a, there's thousands of people who've been tested but aren't positive. We want to get more testing done so we have a better idea of who's out there carrying this virus. We're thankful that they haven't started showing up in the emergency room that are really sick with COVID. Uh, so that tells us there isn't widespread uh, problem here. But if we're going to really be open again, we need a more effective testing program. And so we're trying to work this out with UCSC to have more drive uh, up uh, testing capability. We definitely need to make sure that our frontline healthcare workers, those in skilled nursing facilities, those in the jail um, and, and other frontline providers are being tested and being tested regularly to, uh, to ensure that we're um, uh, managing uh, the COVID uh, crisis. Um, I'm going to go back to the beaches really quickly because I forgot something. The parking pass situation. Should we, should we be selling parking passes to people? Uh, is that necessary? Or what's your yeah, opinion no, I, got a, I, got, I got a lot of questions about this. Okay. Um, and people should remember that the Live Oak Parking Program is a management tool, not an exclusionary tool. So when we started closing parking lots or limiting parking spaces in uh, our public parking lots, we didn't want them to become a big problem in the neighborhood. So we started the Live Oak Parking Program seven days a week. Uh, it's about three weeks early. Um, we, we, that's, we didn't have all the pieces in place. There were some things that were a challenge. We want people the, uh, uh, in Santa Cruz County to be able to enjoy the beach. You know, I live a mile away from the beach. If I go down there, I got to buy a pass, right? So um, uh, I should be able to go to the beach. What we're trying to prevent is that guy from Santa Clara County or Sacramento or something like that. Yeah. Our machinery does, is not sophisticated enough to, to block the, that Oakland credit card or that San Jose credit card from getting a parking pass. Uh -huh. So we're looking at some other strategies, including uh, selling those day passes, not at the kiosk, but somewhere else like yep. downtown as a way of discouraging it, only allowing seasonal passes that could be purchased only from people in Santa Cruz County. Um, and then I'm working with the Coastal Commission to see whether we can block some streets, especially in the avenues, um, that would only be local traffic only. Yeah. We have to get permission from the Coastal Commission because it's all in the coastal zone. Right. And they've right. been, that they're, they're cognizant. It, it, restricting parking is not something they like. But they understand the health crisis, and and uh, we had a good meeting with them on uh, on Wednesday, and we're going to be having a they're they're going to be reviewing a proposal next week that hopefully we can have a new program in place for not this weekend but next weekend. Okay, fantastic. Uh, uh, my other my next question is schools. Obviously, that's a big kids have been stuck at home for so long. Uh, what is the update as far as uh, kids going back to school? And, and, and part B to that question, what's the future of UCSC? Are kids going to be doing uh, – uh, uh, do we need to have 18,000 kids come to Santa Cruz, or can they do these classes online? Yeah. And I know there, yeah. there was going to be a, an increase to UCSC. Is that going to take place, or is that being shelved right now? And what's the situation with, A, the, the middle school, high school, and then what's the situation with Cabrillo and, and UCSC? Well, I can give you some of those answers, a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I know. I, I, K, K through 12 system, yeah. uh, Ferris Sabah, who's a superintendent of schools, actually closed those schools even before the county shelter in place order. Was, was He recognized that they were going to be vectors for transmission of the virus. And they're closed through the end of this school year. And um, the governor has talked about opening schools up 
in July or August because he recognizes that while we've made some great advances in being able to do distance education um, and and uh, kids getting their their assignments online uh, or through Zoom or something, a not every kid has that. Uh, I know the Lightbook School District uh, uh, raised ten thousand dollars to buy Chromebooks for people who didn't have them, um, but it doesn't take the place of that contact with the teacher. And so, um, th there, you're, I think you'll see an early uh, school start year, uh, an early start to school this year. Uh, I don't know when that is, <clears throat> uh, but uh, but I think you'll see that. <clears throat> is that vodka? In regard to. <laughs> never, never say what you drink. <clears throat> uh, um, in regards to the university, Cabrillo and the university, um, you know, Cabrillo is already working for years on distance education courses, and there are some courses where that works a lot better than others. Yeah. Um, the university went to all online for their spring quarter. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, uh, what happens in the fall? Whether they can, whether they can still have big classes, is going to be decided about, about where we are with the epidemic. Um, I think that uh, you're going to see a lot of change in in admissions. You know, they're going to accept less people. They're there's going to be less people are going to be not want to going to be far away from home. Uh, parents are going to, going to want to keep their kids close. And so, I don't exactly know what the uh, what the admissions rate is going to be at UC Santa Cruz in the fall. Uh, and they're going to be challenged just like everybody with how do you deal with these new physical distance guidelines um, uh, when you have a class of 400 kids. So uh, it, it really changed. They are looking to expand the number of students. They're at the very early stages of a long range development plan where they want to add, um, uh, I think, uh, almost 20, 18,000 students um, over a 20 year period. Um, and so that would be the, it, regardless of the COVID crisis, that would have a huge impact on our community. We're organizing around that. But uh, they're going to be challenged in the fall. Okay. No doubt about it. Uh, what are the anticipated county budget impacts uh, brought upon brought upon COVID? I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, tell me a book, but just just in yeah. Well, topic. just to give you some idea, the three main sources of funding for the county are property tax, sales tax, and uh, transient occupancy tax (TOT). Right, that way you pay with a hotel or a vacation rental. Uh, two out of those threes cratered in March, and we don't know when they're going to come back. The TOT is basically gone, and uh, uh, sales tax is has gone down dramatically. You don't the most your groceries you don't pay sales tax on, so right. that's the thing that's selling the most right now. So um, uh, fortunately, coming out of the Great Recession, our board made some choices to. Um, greatly expand our reserves because going into the recession in 2009, we had nothing. I mean, we we had the bare minimum uh, reserve. And so our board made a, a, a choice to expand our reserve threefold uh, over 10 years. We did it in seven, helped improve our credit rating and everything. Um, we're going to, we might need as much as $15 million just to get through this fiscal year yeah. but without any cuts. What's going to happen next year will be decided in part by us in part by what happens in Washington and what happens in Sacramento. When you hear um, Mitch McConnell talk about not giving aid to the states, um, that, it, that means 
communities like ours won't get a, a share of uh, funding. Um, the, uh, fortunately, our state is in much better fiscal shape than they were in 2008 and nine. And so they've built up a reserve fund, but it's gonna be important to, to think how much they're willing to use this year, how much they're willing to use next year. Right. We could be looking, the worst case scenario is twice as bad as any year of the Great Recession in terms of our budget. And so uh, the, what happens in Washington with that, with that next uh, bill for state and local governments will have an effect here in Santa Cruz about whether we have enough staff, deputies, public health nurses, public works employees, um, park staff. Are all county official salaries, are the, are the official, the, the count, excuse me, all county official salaries, are, the, are they remaining the same or are people giving up some of it to, to help uh, lesser people or how, how's that, how's that working nowadays? Well, we haven't changed anyone's salaries that are, that are working right at the moment. As I say, we're, we're using some of our reserves. The reason you use reserve is to, is to cushion when the bad times come. So you don't drop off the cliff. And so right now, everyone's still getting paid. We, we put a hiring freeze in. There's, there's uh, great restrictions on how you can spend your money, but we haven't let anybody go. Uh, coming into the next fiscal year, we're going to be talking with our employees. We're looking at strategies, something that you saw in 2009, 10, 11, which involves furloughs, um, uh, some layoffs, or all possibilities, depending on what happens in, in Sacramento and Washington. Okay. I predict that the next scheduled increase in pay that that the uh, board of supervisors is scheduled to get will not happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, make that, I'll make that. I'll make that. I'll make that. I'll. I'll. I'll tell you. You're the first to, to hear that. But I'm. I'm pretty sure it'll be unanimous. Okay. A couple more questions. Uh, do you have any specific specific plans on how to get the economy going once the stay-at-home order is lifted? That was from Guy Kawasaki. Yeah. Well, we're we are our economic development staff uh, also, which we didn't have in the glass uh, uh, when the recession started last time has been working with local businesses and the small business development center uh, to help, especially our small businesses. You know, 82% of the businesses in Santa Cruz County have nine employees or less. So we're trying to find ways to provide support uh, uh, for them. And um, we're trying to, we've, we've provided money to the small business development center to help people access the federal dollars that are out there. Um, and we're looking at ways in which, uh, as we uh, relax restrictions, that we can support these businesses as they get started. That uh, getting the testing and tracing um, and all those pieces together so we can open up is probably the, some of the greatest help that we can offer. Okay, and why not have at-risk individuals stay at home and let others conduct the business needed to support themselves? Well, I mean, I think that that we're that's where we're heading, right? Um, uh, it, as you relax restrictions, that's what you're saying is there are certain businesses that we consider to be okay, certain strategies you put in place. It's still, if you're an elderly person with an underlying health uh, ailment, you're going to be at risk, um, a greater risk for a longer period of time than someone who might be a young surfer. It doesn't mean that young surfer is, is, um, is not at risk, um, but, uh, but maybe uh, that young surfer is going to be more willing to take the risk than the 70 year old person who's got a heart problem or some kind of uh, respiratory ailment. And my last question, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that we could do, uh, do something new or differently that the, that someone like myself or the public can help, help you? 
Well, I think uh, one thing I'll just say is the community has been incredibly responsible by part by responding well to the requests made by our public health officer. Um, and there will be other requests in the coming months. And one thing about public health is sometimes you're asked to do things that don't completely make sense to you or that you think should be done a different way. But public health strategies are informed by science and data. And to the extent that people can, can actually observe uh, the orders that are set out by the health officer, they are playing a huge role. They are really the superheroes of the fight against COVID. Yeah. Uh, Supervisor Leopold, or John, I'm going to call you, thank you very, very much for your time. I'd also like to thank uh, Dr. Newell, uh, Chief Andy Mills, and, and Sheriff Hart for your service. I want to thank you all for your service from Santa Cruz community. I mean, and then uh, I hopefully I'll touch bases with you in the near future, but um, I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you've held, you know, your family's healthy and thank you very, very much, sir. Well, thank you for having me on. And I look forward to the day that we can be in the same room together. That'd be nice. I look forward to I always look forward to that. It's always fun. Yeah. All right. Thank All right. you very much. Good Keep night. up the good work and I'll pass thank along you. your thanks. Thank you very much.